about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. tragedy that we must speak of again today and especially on this Good Friday. It is awful because to speak of it is to return to the darkest hours of human history. It's not the darkest hour before the British Empire declared war on Germany. It's even worse than the darkness of mass human migration in desperate search of asylum. The tragedy of which we speak today on Good Friday is the tragedy of all creation on the brink of despair. On this Friday, we remember, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer described it, before God and with God, we live without God. On Good Friday, God lets himself be pushed out of the world and onto the cross. God permitted us to unleash our will to power and to release all our religious passion upon him as he was lifted up and away from the world and onto the cross. The prophet Isaiah saw this tragedy coming when he said he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. This is the darkest hour of human history, a tragedy without equal. Yet at the same time, and in the traditional sense of the word, the tragedy that we speak of again today should fill us with awe. We should wonder anew at the awesome God who loves us despite the way we are towards him. The God who comes into our darkness and shines a truly awesome beacon of hope that nothing, not our sin, nor the evil of this world, nor even death can extinguish. In this awful tragedy, the light of the glory of God shines through. It is a glory that finds us in despair, but blesses us with an everlasting hope. The awesome truth of this Friday is that as we struggle to raise ourselves up and out of despair, Christ descends to us and brings us into a real hope for true faith and an everlasting love. We must start with the awful truth of our tragedy, but I can understand perfectly if you are perplexed at what I've already said. No doubt you've come here this morning for all manner of reasons, some serious, some arbitrary, and some of which you're not quite sure. In our first reading from the ancient Jewish prophet Zechariah, we discover the reason why God's Spirit has brought us here this morning. Let me read to you again from Zechariah 12.10. I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieves bitterly for him as one who grieves for a firstborn son. The prophet looked forward to a time when God would act by his spirit to open the eyes of sinners and move them to pray. 
God will open their eyes to see what they have done to him in ignorance, indifference or even in belligerence. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn. What makes this Friday awful is that we must once again travel to the brink of despair and consider that we, human beings, God's favourite creature, we killed the Son of God. Whether it was by the power of our society, our concept of justice and the rule of law, or by the depth of our religious fervour for righteousness and tradition, we tried to force God out of the world. Good Friday reveals our justice as mere expediency. Let's consider together the bedrock of our Western legal system that is Roman justice. Look again, will you, at John chapter 19, verse 1. Let me read. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Our reading from the Gospel of John confronts us with the awful truth of raw political power. This is the fountain of the Western concept of justice. And see the cruelty with which the powerful treat the vulnerable? The Romans tried to turn Jesus into a caricature of their own despotic rule. A crown of thorns, a purple robe, hail, king of the Jews... See how the powerful promote themselves and push God away as they do? God the Son became the royal son of David, the true king, whose power is cloaked in humility, whose justice leads to peace, and whose wisdom delivers truth. Yet he's met with mockery, brutality, and savagery. This is the awful truth of Good Friday. This scene should indeed edge us towards despair as justice becomes simply another word for expediency. Look again at John 19, verse 4. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. And verse 12, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. And so Pilate handed him over to be crucified. For the sake of expediency, the governor abdicates his role as judge, absolves himself of the responsibility to uphold the rule of law and condemns an innocent man to death. He washes his hands of the whole affair and delivers the innocent to the mob. Now, we've seen this scene play out over and again throughout the centuries. The powerful fashion a justice to suit themselves and the weak pay the price. It's said that eight men between them own more resources than 50% of the world's population. 
We spent hundreds of millions of dollars arguing over the definition of a single word while Indigenous women and children cannot find a safe place to live. We pay grown men millions of dollars to play games like children while asylum seekers languished in detention safely beyond our borders. Any of these situations might lead us to despair that fact, in fact might is indeed right. But all of these situations are a shadow of a greater evil that we recall today. The day when the height of Western civilization handed over the Son of God as a matter of expediency. However, even this is not the worst of the awful truth of Good Friday. Good Friday reveals the power of our religious passions. The awful truth of this day is that we are forced to admit that God became the victim of our own religious passion. One way or another, the barbarism of the Islamic State has withdrawn from our attention and the regular abduction of young women by al-Shabaab in Nigeria or Kenya rarely, makes, rarely rates a mention. But we do love to be passionate in our religion. What is most shocking about Good Friday is that to the picture of Roman justice, we must add the peril of Jewish devotion. John 19, verse 5, when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and the officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. The Jews insisted, we have a law and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews, but they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Again and again, the people of righteousness called for blood, over and over, the true believers called for the death of their Messiah. As John testified in the beginning of this gospel, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Yet here at the other end of this most wretched tale of envy and resentment, the ones to whom the Christ came are not arrogantly disdainful like the pagans, rather they're thirsty for blood. Or as John chapter 3 verse 19 says, Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. All those who do evil hate the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The awful truth of Good Friday is that our pious attempts to raise ourselves to heaven reveal the energy that sought most fervently to push God up onto the executioner's cross up and into the darkness and away from this world. The awful tragedy of Good Friday that should make us mourn on the edge of despair is that if Christ died for the sins of the world, then it is the sin of the world that caused Christ's death. All of them. Behold the man upon the cross, our sin upon his shoulders, Ashamed we hear our mocking voices call out among the scoffers. 
Of course, 2,000 years later, our will to power is far more domesticated than the Roman Empire, and as 21st century Australians, our religious passion is far more private than the Pharisees. Yet we push Christ away every day, whether through polite expediency or secret passion. We hand the Lord Jesus over in order to protect our freedoms, our rights, because we prefer a Facebook morality made up of outrage and empathy. And as we do, we take our place among the pious who shed blood in the name of an authentic experience. We laud Jesus the teacher who shows compassion to the outcasts, but shun Jesus the Lord who calls sinner to repent. We cannot hear God's no to the desires of our hearts and cannot believe that God might be against them. But that is the awesome truth of Good Friday, is what makes a day of otherwise darkness and despair a day of hope that we can call good. Because on Good Friday, God says no to human sin. No, no more. God says no. It is said that the night is darkest just before the dawn. And the Good Friday story is in many ways so terribly dark as human beings gather throughout the night to push the Son of God out of the world. And even when this day finally comes, the Son refuses to join their conspiracy and so departs in shame at the sight of the crucified God. The earth itself shakes in horror at the sin of humanity. Yet even here... Amidst all that is awful, God's Spirit enables us to see the faintest glimmer of our awesome hope. John chapter 19, verse 9. Where do you come from? Pilate asked Jesus. But Jesus gave no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realise I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And here it is. Jesus answered, You have no power over me were it not given to you from above. On Good Friday, our hope amidst the darkness of human power and religion comes from above, not from within us. For Jesus does not bring us the justice of Caesar and the faith that Jesus calls for is not the fervour of the Jews. On Good Friday, we have hope because the Son of God is not a king or ruler like we have in this world. Instead, he is from above. He journeyed to this far country to save the world by revealing its true nature, not to condemn the world, but to save it. The truth of Good Friday that should fill us with awe is that Jesus went willingly to the cross to lay down his life for us. As he said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. On Good Friday, Jesus Christ lets us impale him so that we can't push him beyond reach. That's what the nails on the cross do. They stop us from losing him. 
The awesome truth of Good Friday is that at the command of the Father, the Son of God entered into our darkness and met us in the depths of our sinful tragedy to give us hope. A hope for God's mercy to save us from our worldly justice. Hope of forgiveness that cleanses us from the sins that we strive so desperately to cover up with our acts of righteousness. A hope that can turn mourning into joy. Martin Luther, the German theologian of the 16th century, summed up Good Friday like this. Through Jesus Christ, the regime of his humanity and his flesh, in which we live by faith, he makes us the same form as himself and crucifies us by making us true humans instead of unhappy and proud gods. Humans, that is, in their misery and sin, because in Adam we mounted up towards equality with God, he descended to be like us, to bring us back to knowledge of himself. That is the kingdom of faith in which the cross of Christ holds sway, which sets at naught the divinity for which we perversely strive and restores the despised weakness of the flesh that we have perversely abandoned. On Good Friday, we can give up our unhappy and proud attempts to be gods and gratefully accept the weakened flesh of the Son of God. And we are unhappy gods. We use our social media to create images of ourselves in the world that others might worship. But God the Son gives us the true image of God and his humanity for us. We can abandon our attempts at making an image for ourselves and accept the image of God in Jesus the Christ. We who, though we tried to push him out of the world, he came down from heaven to be one with us. And that is our hope on Good Friday. listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.